0: Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. I'm just so glad that we're able to to connect like this, you know. (laughs) How's how's things in your neck of the woods? How's things over there?
1: Well, we're doing good. We still can't meet together in large groups. Uh, We have good relationship with the county and with the city and the government leaders, so we're just trying to navigate with them what what would be appropriate for us. So, but we're ready. We're ready. It's been four months. We're trying to get back together. And and the church is doing amazingly good. That's been an encouragement to us.
0: But you know, even, even during this time, your ministry is impacting the world in such a big way. For example, because we are all at home, right? So, all day long, battle music is in the background. This morning, on the way here, I'm listening to Raising a Hallelujah battle music oh yeah
1: yeah that's that's wonderful you
0: know and and i i'm sure that it must be it must be so exciting for you to know that your ministry more than ever before has gone from glory to glory especially during this pandemic it's amazing
1: yeah it is amazing only jesus can help us to advance in in challenging times like this but (laughs) he he does it so well yeah it's a moment we were born for you know we were designed to be people with Answers and solutions and courage and all of that stuff during difficulty. So this is this is our moment.
0: Wow! When you started off in the ministry, did you ever have this inkling that, that battle is going to be so huge and so big, and your impact is all around the world in music, in preaching, in your books, in your tapes, in in everything? I mean, have you have this inkling? that our is going to come forth a mighty revival that's impacting the entire world?
1: No. No, not really. I mean, we, we've always carried the hope that God was going to do something significant and that He likes to use small, out-of-the-way places and small, out-of-the-way people. You know, he used John the Baptist in the wilderness. And so we've, we've had the conviction that God could do something in us and through us. But we never thought about the size that it is or, wow. or the level of impact. No, it's it's much bigger, much bigger. Wow. Very sobering, actually. Fearfully exciting is how I like to put it.
0: Fearfully exciting. <laughs> how yes. long have you been in ministry now?
1: Oh, um... 47 years.
0: 47 years? 47
1: years next next month.
0: But aren't you married to Pastor Benny for 47 years too?
1: Yeah, yeah. We got married in April and uh, we were still going to a school, a training center. And then that August, the end of July, 1st of August, we went right into ministry. and. ran uh, a ministry here in Reading on the on the streets of Reading with the, the hippies and the drug addicts and, and all of that those, those are the people that we we uh, we were with yeah
0: wow but obviously you're not a hippie right because your dad was a pastor right you came from a past uh, a family of pastors
1: yeah I, my dad was a pastor my grandparents my great grandparents i mean it goes back uh five generations for me and And then my children are the sixth generation.
0: Wow, what a great heritage. Pastor, let me ask you, um, how's the situation in your your city, with your church, with this COVID-19 pandemic? How has it affected your members and your ministry?
1: I heard this week there's five people with COVID-19 right now in our city. So Reading just hasn't had a lot of it. And uh, some businesses never closed down. Others closed. All the churches are closed. Uh, they're starting to reopen, the smaller ones, uh, which we're encouraging. It's, it's the church needs to get together again. And, uh, and so, it, it, but the church has done well. We've encouraged our people to meet in homes. And so, uh, you know, the strength of the church is the two or three that gather in his name. That's really the backbone of the church. And uh, Jesus said, I'll be there. So his presence marks a gathering of even two or three people. So we've turned our attention towards that and have encouraged people to meet in homes. And so they're scattered all over the city in homes on Sunday when we uh, have our meeting. And then we rebroadcast the service many times uh, throughout the day on Sunday so that. Uh, People can, can meet, you know, uh, at different times of the day. But it's worked out really well. It's really been healthy.
0: Pastor, this uh, entire pandemic, how has it affected you personally in your life and your ministry? How has it affected your own um, walk with the
1: Lord? The pastoral staff at Bethel, of course, myself included, have been unusually busy <laughs> in a time when everything was supposed to slow down. Um, because we've had so many conferences, on um, Zoom uh, conferences, and so many things. Uh, I mean, I've traveled all over the world from my living room, you know. I mean, I've, I, uh, I, I've had the privilege of being involved in, in different ministries all over the world, so it's a great honor, but, uh, but we've been pretty busy. And uh, I, I wrote a book, in fact, at the beginning of this uh, pandemic called uh, A Hope in Any Crisis, and uh, just, just to bring hope to those who are really suffering with this. So as a church and as a staff, for me personally, um, the last few weeks I've taken some vacation time, so I've gotten some really good rest. And uh, it's, I, I really like the slower pace, because uh, I travel so much, and uh, you know what that's like. And, uh, and so I haven't traveled for four months. And being at home, I love being home so much. Um, I get to be with my wife and my children, my grandchildren. They are all here in Reading, and we have a, our eleventh grandchild was just adopted here a few weeks ago. Uh, Brian and Jen adopted. There's uh, another child. Wow! And uh, so we're just we we just we do have extra time to be with family. And that is such a highlight for us. Um, the prayer times have been much deeper. Um, much, uh, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful that we've had a, that we've had a slowdown. We've been busy, but we've still been home. So, so we've been able to really capitalize and and develop some of the, just the personal things with the Lord. We've been able to develop much deeper. Wow. And, uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful. We, we, as a whole staff are trying to learn what do we take from this pandemic and we make it our norm and, uh because we're, Bethel is is, uh, is just too busy, we're, we're, we just have so many things happening, and, uh, and it's all good stuff, you know, so we're just trying to learn the wisdom of the Lord, because we feel like he's been, he's resetting, resetting the pace at which we do life, and uh, so we're trying to learn, we're trying to really pay attention as a staff, we talk together, and trying to figure out what what do we learn from this this could be a gift from god and that's the way we're approaching it wow it's a a gift to be able to slow down
0: you know pastor when i when i came back and rejoined my family and rejoined my church one of the most uh, obvious things that have changed in the last Three to four years. He said they go around carrying or reading the TPT translation, the Passion translation. (laughs) So, yeah. So when I when I went home the first week, I I I took up my wife's TPT, and then I opened up the forward, and you wrote the forward, and I saw a statement that you made that really impacted me. That I like it so much, and you said that busyness is a killer of revival. And you know, I think think, um, like so many preachers, I was so busy, I traveled all the time. And the last four years has been like an enforced Sabbath for me. I I obviously couldn't get anywhere. And uh, so I just spent all my time studying the Bible and praying. And it has been one of the most amazing spiritual experiences for me. But, you know, as, as we navigate through this pandemic, uh, I don't know, is that your situation in America, but in Singapore, uh, people are getting like, you know, they are getting a little uh, tired staying at home and they just can't wait to get out. And, and people get bored. Or oh, there's a sense of loneliness, a sense of isolation. How do we enrich ourselves um, during this time?
1: Since we can't change it, I mean, we obviously must pray that the burden of this affliction would be lifted off of our nations. We must pray that. We must pray Psalms 91. We must really go to war on our knees concerning this. And one of the things that happened with Isaac, there was a famine in the land. You know the story, Genesis 26. And he he sowed seeds during a famine, and he reaped a hundredfold. Now, as pastors, we love to use that, rightfully so, uh, to illustrate giving, because giving is portrayed as planting seed. But technically, that's not what Isaac was doing. Isaac was planting a crop for his own future. And what we need to be doing right now is planting for our own future. Read, read a book in an area that interests you. Maybe it's in investments. Maybe it's in counseling. Uh, maybe it's in prayer. We have exposure to so much on, on the Internet that's bad, but we also have exposure to stuff that's good. You can receive training, and we need to take responsibility and plant seeds in the most difficult time. Because when we plant in the most difficult time is when the Lord gives us the greatest return. And so we've got to plant into our own future. So I, I would just I would tell people, I've told our own people, listen, you've always wanted to take that online course. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a cooking course online, a master chef or something. Do that. Uh, contribute to your own future. And that's just wisdom. It's wisdom to grab the moment that we have and do something with it, uh, to sit around and just be bored is, is unnecessary because most everyone, uh, that's listening to this interview has the ability to at least turn on YouTube and watch an instructional video on painting on, you know, on, on programming your computer, whatever it might be. There's, there's so much instruction out there and for us not to take advantage of it is just not wise. So I I feel like we're supposed to plant seeds for our own future. And I I, I feel like that's actually a word from the Lord for us right now.
0: Wow. Pastor, that's so good. Pastor, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm sure it's the same in the West as it is in Asia. Many people have died because of this COVID-19. In fact, some of my pastor friends in Indonesia, probably some people you know too, they have passed away. Uh, Many have lost jobs they're unemployed. The future looks very bleak. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, You know, what encouragement can you bring to the people? You're writing a book on hope, so how can we have hope in the midst of these dark times?
1: God has unlimited resource, unlimited ability, and to step into the realm of supernatural release I have to obey the laws of his kingdom. I, 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 can't, I can't get the blessing of his kingdom when I live by the rules of another kingdom. In other words, I, I have to use the, the principles of his word, of, of praying and meditating on his word, uh, hearing from God. What is he saying to me about my present situation? What decrees do I need to make? Uh, when John the Baptist was going to be born, the Lord shut Zacharias's mouth so that he wouldn't be able to interfere with the miracle. And sometimes our own words interfere with the miracle that God has planned. But conversely, our our own words can help to to fuel or to uh, to inspire the miracle that God has for us. So you know it, it's we have to maintain hope, but hope can only be maintained, by reading meditating on the promises of god you know uh psalms 127 is i've been reading psalms 127 and 128 every day for the last uh couple of years and uh and praying them over my family and uh and there's one uh, phrase in psalms 127 he said it's vain for you to rise up early and retire late eating the bread of painful labors. And here's the reason why. Because God gives to his beloved while they sleep. Wow. God provides while we sleep. So I'm supposed to be faithful in my work, but my work is supposed to be worship. And I realize some have lost their job, so I, I, that's a different issue. But the point is, is everything I do is to be an expression of worship and sacrifice to the Lord because He, the, the fire of God falls on sacrifice and so if I'm repairing a car and I give that to him as an offering he is attracted to blessing that part of my labor if it's my prayer life if it's if it's that I take this verse out of Psalms 20, 127 and I just begin to pray God you said you provide even while we sleep so tonight as I rest I go to sleep tonight in full trust that you are my supplier. You are the one who provides for me. You are not restricted by man's resources. You are the God of unlimited supply. And we fill our heart, our mind with the awareness of who he is. That's where hope comes from. Hope comes from his nature, his covenant. He he didn't make promises to us and then say, you know, I'm going to provide for you, except when there's a pandemic then I'm sorry but you're on your own you'll have to figure it out I mean, that's not him he's the loving father that looks to heal our land so it's our responsibility he's given us the book it's our responsibility to pour through this book and ask God to speak to us and when he breathes on this page of scripture and I can see what God is speaking to me it's now my responsibility to prayerfully meditate on it to pray it to confess it, to create, to encourage other people with it. Everything I can do to maintain strength, I must do. And if I find that I'm faltering, then I need to get next to somebody who's stronger than me that is being stable in a difficult season because we're, we're members of a body. We're members of one another. We don't succeed by ourselves. We succeed together. So I want to be strong when you're weak. I want you to be strong when I'm weak so that we can stand together. My wife is sometimes so stable and strong. By the way, she sends her love uh, so strong and stable when I'm, I'm spinning, you know, and, and the opposite is also true. We just, we work so hard to maintain hope so that we can be a strength for each other. And, uh, and that's, that's the body of Christ. That's who we are. So, my encouragement is, you know, pray in tongues a lot, read the word, meditate, find out what God is saying, believe it, just simply believe it. And, uh, and, and let's trust him to see, to see how he can turn this around. Cause I, I have a feeling we're, we are already seeing it in our, in our here in Reading, we have people that, that experience devastating loss from this pandemic and they are already better off. Than before wow. the pandemic. God has already turned it around. Impossible situations. Businesses that should have closed down are now having their best months in the time of the pandemic, which is is it's illogical. It's illogical. Wow. But it but it is the Lord. It is the Lord.
0: Wow, wow, that's so good, Pastor. That's encouraging. It's time to pray, time to speak in tongues, meditate on the word. Uh, you know, get into the, the Bible, understand the mind of God, asking God to speak to us. Pastor, you, you talk about standing with people who are more stable and stronger than you. But we are encouraged to stay at home. How are we going to connect with one another when we can't even meet together?
1: Phone. <laughs> Telephone. We're doing it right here. I'll, I'll have a FaceTime call with a friend. I'll call my son, I'll call my wife. We, we meet with our staff on Zoom. Uh, we, are, uh, we have opportunity. Technology uh, makes it to anybody who has an iPhone or a comparable phone can, can get on FaceTime and have a conversation with their brother or sister and pray together. It, it helps me just to see their face. It helps me just to see your face. I mean, I, it would work. it would work on the telephone. But I, I, I'm so much more encouraged just saying your countenance, your hope, your faith, your joy, and it feeds me. And, wow. and we have that technology right now. I can call somebody on the other side of the world as we are right now. And we can be a strength and encouragement to each other. So there is no end of resource right now for anybody who wants hope.
0: Wow, that's so good, Pastor. That is so good. Let me, let me ask you a question. What do you think is the takeaway from this pandemic, this season? First of all, I want to ask you, do, do you have any sense, like, how long this pandemic is going to last? Do you think it's going to last six more months or another one, two years? And what are some of the takeaways? What are the new normal that you want to carry into the future with you?
1: Um, one would be that the real strength of the church is the gathering of two or three in His name. That's a takeaway. Uh, we love the large corporate gathering. That's where the prophetic direction is set for the church. But the strength of the church, the government of God, if you will, rests upon the two or three that gather in his name. That's what Jesus actually said. He said, He said, if two or three of you gather in my name, I'm there. I'll be there. He also said, if two or three of you gather, touching anything in prayer, I will answer. Uh, he said, anything that you ask for will be done for you. So that the governmental role of bringing heaven to earth is in the two or three. So that's that's one takeaway. Secondly, I, I pray that we come out of this, which I don't think will be much longer, is a slower pace for, uh, for life, that we can really learn the wisdom of this season. The third thing would be the value of relationships. Um, you know, it, we, we are... We are a very achievement-oriented culture. And, uh, and sometimes the Lord would rather have us value a person than to accomplish something noble. And uh, sometimes just taking enough time just to be a strength to another brother or sister. Uh, sometimes it's just the value of individuals that He's looking for. And uh, so I, I hope that we can take that out of this. I hope that the, the increased depth in prayer will go with us out of this season. That uh, that we'll really have that sense uh, for the individual prayer time uh, will come out of it uh, with that. I, I, I feel like the Lord's trying to teach us His mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three different uh, famines in the Bible. In fact, I wrote about it in this book on hope, but three different famines where the people The people of God responded differently. The first one was Isaac. It was a business decision. He sowed into his own future. The second one is Nehemiah 5. Mm. Um, During the famine uh, there, uh, Nehemiah, they were selling uh, children into slavery and all kinds Mm. of crazy things during this famine because they couldn't pay their bills. And they were selling their inheritance. And Nehemiah rebuked them, brought them to repentance. And the repentance was a value a restructuring of the value of relationships. Wow! It was rebuilding a sense of community. And I pray that we would come out of this with that. And the third strange response to a famine is in Acts 11 where Agabus prophesied that a famine would touch the whole world. And the first thing they did was take an offering. So what we've done is when we had to cancel our conferences and had to come, conf- you know, had to cancel. We had a guest speaker coming to speak in our school and all this stuff. So we just, we wrote him an honorarium check, <laughs> you know, even though he couldn't come. And we've been sending gifts out to people whose livelihood depends on their travel and ministry. Wow. And we just send them honorarium checks as though they were here. And, uh, and we're just showing, you know, we, uh, our staff, uh, even if they can't come into work, um, we're still paying their salaries. You know, we're, we're we're doing everything that we can do to live the lifestyle of generosity, regardless of what this pandemic looks like. Because you, you can't get the resource of His kingdom by living with a mindset of the earthly kingdom. And, uh, and so those are, those are some of the things that I hope that we take out of this uh, with even greater authority.
0: Pastor, I want to ask you one last question on this section on the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously, Bethel is a very prophetic ministry. You are a very prophetic pastor. How do you see the future? How will the church look like, say, two years from now, three years from now?
1: What I sense is there's still some more shaking that's happening, and but it's it's, it's helping the church to rediscover priorities. And because we want to be standing on solid ground. If they're shaking, I want to be on something solid. I don't want to be on something that's going to collapse. And so the things we've seen in recent months has caused people to reevaluate the priorities of their life. And if we continue to respond to this, I believe there's a mighty, mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will bring in. Tremendous numbers of salvations. You know the one billion soul harvest that many of us have been declaring for a number of years. Um, that's that has already started. We've we're seeing more and more people just saved online. It's the most unusual thing uh, that people would watch a broadcast and they would come to Christ and and uh, so I I believe that um, that the churches who respond in a kingdom fashion during this crisis, there is going to be uh, just a tremendous number of people that will be coming to our doors asking for help, asking to know Jesus, asking to be delivered of addictions and various lifestyles that have kept them in prison. I I really believe that that is in our near future. Um, It's happening in measure right now, but I feel like it's going to explode but it's it's not uh, it's not a frivolous thing. It's not like oh boy, there's more people coming. It's not that. It's that the fear of God is hitting our nations, so people are waking up to the reality of the gospel, and it's just our time to shine. Wow. We cannot be silent. We must we must speak. And then uh, the last thing I would mention is I feel like this is this is the great opportunity. For us to increase in demonstrations of power, to learn what it is in the in the quiet place to cry out to God for the greater anointing for miracles. I may be driving in my car, I might be in the middle of a meeting, but anytime I see the clock and it says ten thirty-eight, I stop and give thanks to the Lord. Hallelujah. Because Acts ten thirty eight says that he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So Benny and I, we'll just take a moment. We say, God, we just ask, do it again. If she sees it and I don't, she'll say, honey, it's 1038. I go, oh, oh God, we just ask that you would do it again. That you, you would anoint us with the Holy Spirit Amen. and that the tormented Amen. people would be set free. And uh, we, we need reminders like this throughout our life. To just turn our heart to the Lord. That that's why we're here. This gospel must be displayed with power. It Amen. is not an option. Amen. It's not an option. Paul said it's not in word, it is in power. Yeah. And uh and so our preaching, you know, we want to be good at it and do a good job, and of course be accurate, but there's gotta be the display of this power.
0: Hallelujah. Pastor, that's so good. One of the questions that my leaders wanted me to ask you is, we keep praying and believing God for a miracle. And to what extent we just said, okay, that's it. We, you know, maybe, maybe it's not going to happen. <laughs> a good example would be someone that's terminally ill with heavy medication. To what extent we keep praying and believing God for a miracle or we come to a place where I said, okay, we're going to prepare for death.
1: Well... I have, uh, on two or three occasions, the Lord spoke to me before the person died that he was going to take them home. And so I couldn't pray for their healing anymore uh, because he he had, uh, one, needed to be actually released in prayer. She was uh, the mother of a secretary of mine. And uh, she had been in uh, very bad shape for a long time and I went in to pray for her and when I went to pray for her I felt I was supposed to release her mm. and uh, she wasn't going to be healed so you just obey God so here's here's the way I here's the way I approach it every sickness needs to be healed unless he says otherwise mm. I don't need his direction to pray for the sick I need his direction to not pray oh that's good and then secondly as do we pray until they die mm. And then we pray for them to be raised. <laughs>
0: okay. Amen.
1: And, and we have prayed, we have prayed, uh, for five days over a little girl that died mm. and we stayed together. We prayed, we met night after night, after night, uh, as a church, hours and hours on and praying, interceding for a resurrection. She didn't raise. Mm. So we celebrated her life and, uh, we, we, We stopped praying when we buried her. Okay. But we knew in our heart that we had done everything that we could do. And because of that, it wasn't a depressing thing. We knew that we didn't fall short of what God was looking for. Mm -hmm. We did everything we knew to do for that child to be raised from the dead. And she she wasn't. And so we give her to Jesus and we move on with life. But that's that's our approach. Our approach is if we pray till they die, and if they die, we pray for resurrection. <laughs> and if the family wants us to continue praying, we will continue praying. If they say we're going to bury him, then we say, fine, then we will celebrate their life with you. But uh, but we, we, honestly, we take our lead from the family, from the individual.
0: Right. Pastor, let me ask you this. Someone that is diagnosed with terminal illness and been given the news you have six months less than a year the disease has spread uh there's no more medical help possible for you what would you say to someone like this how to how we encourage a christian with a report like this to stay in faith
1: well i i tell him first come to Reddit. <laughs> 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 Come, hang out here, please. Come on, let's pray together. Um, you know, they just need to be in an environment. Honestly, to be really practical, if I have a friend that calls me, which we just buried a friend of mine just last week, uh, so uh, who died of uh, terminal disease. Uh, so this is our cycle in life, as we see great miracles and we see people go home, and we, God is God, and we celebrate uh, every everything he does Uh, but jesus showed us his standard everybody that he prayed for was healed everyone who came to him was healed and so i can't create another standard even though even though i may never do it well i don't have the privilege of changing the standard from what he did and so what i tell folks i say listen uh you're you're in a, a very dangerous situation you need to surround yourself with people of great faith Do not be with negative people. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. Uh, Things are so fragile in your heart right now. You've got such a battle going on in your mind. Uh, That's where the enemy attacks the most is in our thinking. And if he can get our thinking to be wrong, he can impact our emotions. And there's just this breakdown of the spiritual condition of a person. And it's not necessary. It's just, it's completely not necessary. So I, I tell folks, listen, Put yourself in a place of of great faith. Do your best. I'll tell some people, I'll tell, I've told people before, listen, you don't have to have great faith. I'll have it for you. You just make sure that you maintain hope. You just make sure that you maintain hope. Do your best to be with people that are positive, that are encouraging, and then you do your part. Uh, If you're too sick to read, then listen to the Bible on, uh, you know, on a CD or something but do something to reinforce your faith. And uh, that's what we tell them. And then we tell them, listen, get prayer every time you get a chance. Until you know it's been accomplished, pray, get prayer. Wow. And so we'll pray for them, and, and they say, you know, I don't feel any change. And so we examine it during the week, and if it's not better by next week, come back and let's pray again. We're, we're, we're not we're not in this uh to pray a couple of times and feel good about ourselves and then move on. No, we're here with people that need a miracle. And, uh, and sometimes it's a Lazarus condition where Jesus heard Lazarus was very sick and he didn't go see him. He waited till he died and then he raised him up. And sometimes that's the situation that we're in is, is the Lord waits for an appropriate moment. I don't wanna be found not praying at that appropriate moment. I've also told people, I said, listen, if you're tired of being prayed for, you know what? You don't ever have to allow anybody to pray for you in person. If that's too exhausting for you, we'll protect you. We'll, we'll make sure that if it's just emotionally draining for you, we are here for you. And uh, and, we, and we'll and just tell them, I said, listen, come back next week. And if you want us to pray for you next week, that's what we'll do. But we just try to keep it in a place where they don't feel the pressure to perform. Mm. They don't feel the pressure to somehow have great faith. I want them to have great faith, but if they're struggling... See, Jesus, Jesus never turned away anyone who had weak faith. Mm. He addressed the weak faith, but he never turned them away and withheld a miracle. He would point to their small faith and then do the miracle which gave them access to greater faith. Once they saw the touch of Jesus on their life, then then that small faith of theirs suddenly became great faith because they saw Jesus at work. Hallelujah. So Jesus doesn't address small faith to shame us. He just wants us to be aware that as He moves, it's our opportunity to grow in faith.
0: We are talking about um, being in a positive environment, being in an atmosphere of faith, of miracles, of signs and wonders, of the Holy Spirit. Now, back to this COVID-19 pandemic, how do you keep the spiritual hunger for God, for His presence? How do you fan that flame? How do you keep the spiritual hunger strong in this entire season? And obviously, as as you know, in in our church, we... Thankfully, I'm I'm very grateful for that. You talk about people meeting in twos and threes, we have cell groups. So we have hundreds of cell groups all around the city. But how do we keep that fervency, that spiritual hunger strong?
1: Well, you know, in the natural, Mm. if you don't eat, you get hungry. But in the Kingdom of God, you get hungry by eating. (laughs) That's good. You do. You get hungry by eating. If you want to maintain hunger for what God is about to do, then read the right book. It will stir up hunger. Be with the right people. Their testimonies will provoke you to hunger for more. Be in the right gatherings where you'll see God move in ways that you wish he would use you in that way. What's happening is you're ingesting all these spiritual nutrients and it's making you hungry for the more of God. We are the most dangerous when we're not hungry. And we're not hungry when we become spiritually lazy and we no longer are absorbing the things that God has has said and done. His word is filled with promises. Are we seeing all of them happen? No, we're not. Are we seeing some of them? Yes. And so we expose ourselves to what he said. He said, for example, in uh, Joel 2, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Are we seeing that happen? He said all flesh, all. We're seeing some, but he said all so at some point we have to go for his version of the scripture instead of ours and start and believe for the all oh, god i want everyone in my city to be touched by your presence and by your power and you start seeing the possibilities of scripture the standard that jesus gave for uh, praying for the sick it says uh, that he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil for god was with Him every person who came to him. And so you see these standards. You prayerfully meditate on them, and it creates hunger in you. Read the testimonies. Read the, you know, I've got Smith Wigglesworth here. Read, uh, read, read about Wigglesworth's life. Read about some of the other heroes of the faith. For me, John G. Lake was my, my number one hero in his uh, miracle approach to life. His understanding of the kingdom is just uh, beyond anybody I've ever read and uh, so I I will read that and it provokes me it just brings me to a place of of absolute heartfelt cry to God please do it in my lifetime God and uh, and I review I have uh, many 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 prophetic words over my life that I have recorded and I have in print and I review them day after day after day I can't afford to think about me in a way that he doesn't think about me. Oh, Amen. And so I review his promises. This is what he said he would do. I have to. I have to hear uh, one particular word. It's 17 minutes long. It's over 17 minutes long. I've probably listened to it um, somewhere between 50 and 100 times wow. uh, since since I got it one year ago, because it's had that much impact on my heart. I, I uh, several years ago, I had a real physical problem. I had a growth, it wasn't a cancer, but I had a growth in an intestine. And I was unable to eat. And I was, uh, I was, I ended up in the hospital. And, and uh, of course we prayed and did all we knew to do. And I just laid there, I laid there in bed, just reading prophecies, reading scripture, praying what God had promised. I read Psalms 23 every day. I'd read it over and over again different places in scripture where the Lord had spoken, where I have history with God, I would review those words because I there's a battle over my mind, over my thinking I could not afford to give a place to the enemy to insert his lies into my thinking so I, I fought literally, I fought on my back uh, in the hospital room or in our recliner at our home and just read over and over and over again and pray these verses pray these scriptures because uh, no one no one will do it for me i must do it myself wow. so that's 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 how you stay hungry pastor
0: this is this is this is gold this is what we need oh, to okay, hear okay. this is what okay. we need as a church and i just love it you okay. know in the kingdom of god the more you eat the hungrier you are
1: yes. yes <laughs> That's amazing.
0: True. Pastor, just one or two more questions and, and we are done.
1: Okay.
0: Um, this okay. is one question, just to take it off the topic of signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, your relationship with Pastor Benny, let me ask you, 47 years, three more years to your golden anniversary.
1: <laughs> I know, and I know.
0: What is the secret to having longevity in your marriage and to stay in love and to stay united in a common vision how do, how do you do that
1: we honor each other i have great value for who she is i have we don't always think alike but but that's the beauty of it i i need somebody who sees and thinks differently than me and she's a gift from god to me She's. She's a daughter of God, and I have a responsibility to treat her the same way I would Jesus. And if I mistreat her, he takes it personal. Wow. And I don't want to give an account to him and find out that I treated his daughter. Jesus said, When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So he's referring to the least, somebody far away. And if I treat them that way, how much more does he take it personal to somebody that is so dear to me and dear to him? So he takes this personal. So I have a responsibility to honor her. And uh, and she's honorable, you know. When I, when I read uh, Philippians four, you know, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good report, whatever's honorable, you know, whatever's worthy of praise, think on these things. I've told our church. I said, when I come to that verse, the best description I know of that of that verse is my wife. I just have to think about her, and she she fits all those things. And so I just I just consider her. I I'm thankful. None of us are perfect, but but we're perfect for each other and uh, uh and so i i i'm just thankful i'm thankful that uh that the lord gave me a wonderful wife we don't raise our voices or treat each other with dishonor or disrespect um it's just not necessary it's a waste of time it's you just do it when you have insecurity and uh in, insecurity is wrong security exposed so anytime we act out of insecurity, the Lord's just exposing a wrong security that's in our heart. Wow. So we just we just have to be careful. So so that's that's how we choose to do life, and uh, and we're still learning after you know forty seven years.
2: 47 um, it's been years.
1: wonderful. The last last four months, uh, I haven't been traveling, so I'm home uh, all the time, and uh, I I would rather be with her than with anybody.
0: Amen. I think that's yeah. a that's a story of many of our lives, right? You'd rather be with our family, with our wives, than to yeah. run around the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Pastor, yeah, right. Pastor, one last question. When okay. are you coming to Singapore? <laughs> when are you, when? Are, okay, I, let, let me let me narrow down that question. When are you coming? Not just to Singapore. When you come into City Harvest Church? We, we love you, we honour you. Oh. You have impacted us so much in every strata of our church, especially in the last four years, three to four years, especially in that season when I wasn't around. So I'm eternally grateful to you and for your oh. ministry. And you our much. members are crying out for you. When oh. are you going to come? <laughs>
1: Oh, I would love to. As soon as as, soon as they'll allow us to travel and, and we can meet in small groups, I would make it a priority. I really would. I would make it a real priority. Anything that I could do to get there, I would just, I would jump at the occasion. I really would.
0: Thank you so much. We, we thank God for uh, um, the technology. I mean, like people would say, man's extremity is God's opportunity. So, you know, in this, if it's not for this COVID 19, we probably wouldn't be able to have this Zoom interview in that sense. Yeah. Hey, son, you want to come and say some last words? Uh, where's my
2: wife? Hello, Pastor. Uh, I was listening in oh, oh, oh. and I was so blessed. I kept yeah. doing this. Ah. It's like preaching, Pastor. <laughs> but seriously, Pastor, what? you have been so kind. Yeah. So kind to me, the team, you know, okay. the church members, every single church member that has been to. Battle and came back and said, "If they get a chance to go to the front and tell you they're from City Harvest Church, yeah. you know, you, you always give them that time, you know, pray for them." I, I just, yeah. like Colin say we're eternally grateful. Thank you for loving our church this way. It means a lot yeah. to us.
0: And and Sam was sharing with me when I wasn't around, and that, um, <coughs> it, she was really, it was going through a very dark time, a very difficult season, and then. Uh, a friend kind of like dragged her to reading and it was in your service she had a touch from god
2: yes i did
0: and then oh. she broke forth in in holy laughter and was really touched by the lord and that became a, a breakthrough for her and this was like how many months after maybe four months after i wasn't around
2: yeah pastor i i was you know i was so down i, I have to say i was so depressed i couldn't laugh and uh, the song leader she actually was serving in the church church, she was leading that night and she just kept calling forth and said, I just feel like somebody has to do something that you feel like you cannot do and I stood there and she would relent and she kept going, I'm like, this lady is speaking to me, you know and I told God, God if there's one thing I can't do now, I can't laugh and I started sobbing but before I knew it, I heard somebody laughing and it was me and it caught me by surprise. And when I did that, laughing and crying at the same time, I just felt this liquid fire. You know, it's it's like it just deposited, you know, just right from above down into my being. And, and it was burning in my belly. And not only was I healed in my soul because my knees, you know, were in so much pain that I couldn't kneel down to worship God for the longest time. And that night, I knelt in your sanctuary and worship God for the first time after many, many months. So the Lord healed me in my soul and He healed me physically too. It was just wonderful.
1: Yeah. And That is so beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Pastor, when,
0: when I came back the first weekend, I stepped into the church and I kind of felt, you know, it was, it was to me the most glorious service I have ever attended in my entire life. That first weekend when wow. I came back, you know, and and uh but I, I felt there's a it's there's no change in our DNA, but there's a strengthening. There is like an additional, like an armor has been an armor has been put on it. And I was so glad. I was so glad, you know, and and uh son turned to me and she was kind of like worried, she like. This is our church now. Do you like this? <laughs> I said I love it. I I I wouldn't want to change a thing. I wouldn't want to change wow. a thing. So I just want to say that your ministry has blessed us so much, and uh, I think only eternity would 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 tell you know how much you've impacted us.
2: Pastor, I want to say wow. that you know my takeaway, the biggest two takeaways from your ministry. First, you talk about honoring and uh, you came down and looked for me. Before that, you told me that, you know, during the break, come to the green room. I heard that a lot, Pastor, as a pastor's wife. You know, and it's not like I didn't believe you, but I thought, you know, yeah, pastors say that, right? And I was just with my team, and I saw you coming down, looking around, and I thought, no, no, he couldn't be coming to look for me. And then you came down again and um, found me And we went up to the green room And I was so touched You know, I felt that um, Like you said You just honor people You you know, it doesn't matter I mean, who they are You know, you treat them As a child of God And, and that was my You know, one of my biggest uh, Takeaways That, you know, we have to treat Every single individual With honor With great honor And that is demonstrated in the way people worship too. I think the second biggest takeaway is the freedom of worship you know that I experienced in Bethel. You know, it's worship is not a certain structure, a certain form. Every one of us uh wired, you know, and, and just, yeah, being formed by God to worship Him our way and it's from our heart. So it doesn't matter if you're prostrate on the floor or if you're sitting on your seat or you're writing in your journal, You know, as long as your whole posture is of one that is of worship to the Lord, it is acceptable to the Lord. And if it's acceptable to the Lord, it must be acceptable to the pastor and everyone that's around. And we are nobody to judge. So that's what I brought back to the church to really encourage them to worship the Lord the way they feel the Lord. Want them to worship. Just have that freedom in His presence and not be boxed in or restricted by man-made ways, I guess.
0: Wonderful. Before we go, could you just say a prayer for our church, especially for our members? And, and many are going through a challenging time. We just say a prayer for them.
1: Yeah. Yes, I would love to. Father, first of all, we come uh, two or three gathered in your name and we are in complete agreement. We ask now that today would be a turning point for all of Singapore in this pandemic. And that you would fully vindicate everything that the righteous have lost in this season. Mm-hmm. Vindicate. Let there be restoration of jobs. Let there be promotions to better jobs. Let there be great courage by business owners uh, that would know what to do in a difficult time. And that you would honor them with increase and in growth. Father, I pray for City Harvest Church that you'd cause them to prosper inside and out, that the manifest presence of Jesus would come upon household after household, that the encounters with your glory would increase all across the land. I thank you, Father, for Kong and for Son, that their encounters with you would be uh, deeper and deeper, that the glory of the Lord would be seen upon them, and that they would uh, become servants of a nation at a level that they've never known before. That there be a release of power for healing, a power for deliverance, that this would be the hour of Singapore's greatest celebration. Amen. The celebration would take place in the houses of faith all across this nation. Celebration and joy, healing, deliverance. All these things would take place for the honor of the name Jesus. All we want is for you to be glorified and to receive your harvest. Yes, Lord. That's our heart. So we pray these things in Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Pastor, thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you for your time. We'll catch up
1: again. I look forward to it. You just yes. tell me when. I
0: would love to. And please send my love to all at home and to your beautiful wife and to your entire church.
1: Thank
0: you so much. Bless you. I love you. you.
2: Have a great night, Pastor.
0: Have a great night. God bless.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And
0: that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at